and welcome to another episode of the Ricky Smith Show, where we provide a holistic approach to professional development. I am your announcer, Benny Steiner, joined by your host, Ricky Smith. Good morning, Ricky. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Benny. Thanks for bringing me in today. Uh, today, we have our special guest, Denise Stevenson, and we'll be talking a little bit about her background and uh, why she's here on the show. But before we bring her in, Benny, please tell the, the guests that are listening a little bit about Denise and how you met her. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Denise and I uh, go back to when I was recruiting locally, and we met through a, a representative in our local school district. And Denise was putting together a program that was designed to, I believe it was the lenses, the lenses program, which was designed to help students understand different aspects and characteristics of themselves to better prepare them for determining what they want to do and and what direction they want to head in in life. And I went out as a, as a speaker in, in one of the events. And I found the program and I found her and what she was trying to do to be uh, fascinating. I saw what she was trying to, to put out. I knew that her heart was in the right place. She truly cares about the greater good. She truly cares about the development of our youth and, you know, her program first quarter, the whole concept, and I'm not going to get into that because I want her to be able to talk about that. But the concept of her, of her nonprofit organization, is is phenomenal. I'm, I think it's on target and and spot on. So, yeah. So we've we've known each other for a little while. I've seen what she's been trying to do, and and just wanted to go ahead and and bring her on the show and and allow her an opportunity to talk about her program. Well, that was a great introduction. And Denise, are you there? Can you hear us? I can. righty. Well, good morning, Denise, and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Alrighty. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into the uh, the questions uh, for the listeners for you. Uh, what inspired you to do this, or excuse me, what inspired you to start your nonprofit? Oh, I'm, I'm a, I got to say this before um, I uh, tell you about that. Ricky, uh, Benny is such a, a sweet guy. I appreciate him being a part of that Ford Lenders program. And he just, his his class, it, it just, it warmed my heart to see such a brother. And then he too has a heart to give and serve and then help children. But he also helped me with the spelling. He was a judge on our spelling bee. And we want to go back to that, I guess, maybe on later on in the um, presentation. But I, I thank you so much, Benny. And we're looking to do it again this year. So put that on your, your, your calendar if you're interested in being a judge for me. I definitely will. Fantastic, brother. So, man, what inspired me to, to start first quarter? And we were going to hit on it earlier about me being a teenage aunt. Back in the 80s, I think Crystal, 83, 85, 80, something like that. Um, because I had my nieces and nephews at 13. And so my sister was 15. And then my oldest sister was 21. And she was in the military. She had her first boy. She was in Germany. And so the baby had 
Chris had come home and then Cheryl 15, 16, she's graduating, but then she also had to do job core or getting through high school and had to do job. She went to job core um, at one point. And so when they were away, my older two siblings, they left their children at home. Well, they had to because, you know, takes a village and mom and dad you know, were going to help. And I was the last one there. So I became the babysitter. And then, you know, the thing about it, not only was my sister, who was a teenage mother, pregnant and, and having another one before she was even 17, my friends and her friends were pregnant and the girls at school. You know, I was like, this is going to be a mess. And so I just knew. And then the kids across the street, you know, it, it was Miss Annie. She was a beautiful woman and they had a lot of children over there and, you know, did a great job. Did they? Most of them are doing quite well, as you may think. But um, that's the whole idea of babies raising babies. I knew then this was going to be a mess. And I wanted to be able, when I became of age, to be able to to help in some kind of way. It's a lot of missed years, stuff I couldn't do nothing about. But I asked the Lord, if, you know, I'm able to make it, can I live and let this be my life mission? You got to live on purpose. And I was like, well, I'm going to just stay out the way not have any children, but try to help children as best as I can, because scripturally, there's a lot that's going on in this world that's relevant to that. And even still in the things that are going on, we're all able to live an abundant life, which may in turn kind of help us to uh, mitigate some of the things that are, are going on if we get focused on um, the things that God has purposed us to do. And it all really starts in the first quarter where you're developing your skills. You're developing who you are in your personage, the talents that the Lord has given you and figuring out in these first few years, how you're going to provide food, clothing, and shelter for yourself first and foremost. And then when you start dropping seeds, well, you absolutely got to start caring for them as well. And the first quarter is paramount to that, developing yourself, getting your rites of passage so that um, the Lord say the same, we all live to be 75, 100 years old. That fourth quarter is what we all live for in any game, whether it's the game of life or the game of sports. And the first quarter is really where you set the foundation and develop it. And I didn't want to miss an opportunity if I could to get in on this crazy uh, will of life and be able to start helping children to develop and understand, you know, what it would take to get to the fourth quarter. So we try to focus on building their personal and professional skills or life skills to, to get them, get them there. And it was going to need it to be needed. Someone, someone like a surrogate, a surrogate about in, in a sense to, to other to parents and well, teachers. There is an outstanding purpose uh, for selfless service uh, program, definitely uh, for the young men in, or young women in the world, uh, most, more so for the young mothers, as you uh, mentioned, uh, because it takes a village, as you stated, and you're definitely uh, giving us some great intel and great background actually i was i just finished watching or excuse me listening to quincy jones book and what you the stories you just told were book worthy so please remember these things <laughs> this is a book for you you know later on in life 
uh, for you can continue to share your story with your friends and families and or even the people that you may not know personally, because this is a great story right here that you've already started out with. Well, uh, let's get into the next question. Uh, how did that process come together for you? And were there any stumbling blocks for you getting your your uh, organization started? The process came along one in first having to write my vision. I learned early on, my brother was uh, a great philosopher and very smart in that he read both of them. Man, I had some really smart brothers. Both of them. Charles taught me. He's another brother. uh, He taught me about Nostradamus and the end of times and things like that when, when they were studying it and and then my other brother, Michael, who was a great philosopher, he you know, talked about Nietzsche and other philosophers and, 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 and the way things are in, in life and, and things to look at. And, you know, it's always to be mindful and pay attention is what he would tell me. My dad would say a lot and he too would say, pay attention to what's going on with the world and people. And so early on, I learned through books that were in the house. Um, the Bible one and and reading some of the the um, stuff that my brother talked about that was at the house or at the library. Uh, I learned through getting that understanding about life and people that it, it wasn't just us dealing with each other. There was a, a God that we needed to um, reckon with. And so understand, mama taught us to go to church early on and that old saying, teach your children the way that they should, should go early so that when they grow old, they do, will not depart. It, it paid, plays, pays dividends, should I say, because I read the word and I remember reading Habakkuk 2 and 2 when it said, write your vision and make it plain so those that read it will run. The vision will surely come, though it tarries, wait for it. But that tarry did, did not mean that you know, it's going to be forever. And, and that weight, should I say, didn't mean it's going to be forever. In the midst of the weight, you have to be busy doing something. And the writing the vision and being busy doing something to me while we're on this great green earth is, is what I learned in myself early, um, sitting on a fence post <laughs> on the side of the house by myself thinking. And, um, and so when I, I kind of planned out my life, and so any child, there's any child or any person, it doesn't matter what time, you have to write your vision. God gives us the opportunity to choose what we like to do. You have the trials, the tribulations and whatnot, but you have a lot of joy in accomplishing what you've chosen to do. And it's important to get busy doing it. And so I, when it, I circle back to your question, when, how did it start and whatnot? So then I knew that's what I wanted, but I had to get through college. I had to get through the service, the military, you know, and then just everyday life to the point where I was stable enough to give more of myself in the manners in which I would. And I knew when I got close to retirement from the Air Force that that would be the time because that would be into my second, moving into my second and third quarter rapidly. And it be it's right where I kind of felt it was going to be then um, when you have thoughts about your future and it's like it comes to to pass, and and so starting the the nonprofit shortly before I retired helped me to to 
to get it going to the point that is is it that it is today and just kind of having a vision of, of, of that um, for my life and knowing you know the steps that I wanted to take that blueprint is important definitely let me ask you this if someone wanted to do a nonprofit similar to yours what would that process also look like you know what steps do they need to take legally you have to uh and and do your research please and thank you because i started um first quarter in 2015 and so i don't recall all the steps but i know you do have to go through the secretary of state for louisiana with your um, nonprofit's name, at least three board members, your mission, and I think $75 for sure for the state registration. There's a few other things. So obviously do your research and filing your corporation, but it, the GoBiz website spells it out clearly for you. And then you would go to the IRS to get your 501c3 and pay the fees there. And then with that, they, they would require that you have your articles of incorporation and your bylaws for your organization to, um, to be guided by and submit those documents. And then shortly after you have your 501c3. But before, first and foremost, before you do any of that, have it in your heart and, and knowing this is your purpose, that, that, that your purpose to do it, not just start something because you want to do it necessarily, but because you feel purpose, because you want to impact people's lives. And it's important, just as joining the military is, it's important that you know that you're going to impact people's lives, even your own unto death by joining uh, the service. And it's likely with an organization because when you're dealing with people, you have to take it seriously that is some great information and uh for the listeners i hope you take great heed to what she just said uh you have to you know have this with a purpose you want to do this with selflessness and with uh, a meaning of helping others than yourself this is what our our uh, show was about it's about the greater good and she was spot on with that and uh Denise, you speak, uh, you know, about your family a lot in your story so far that we've talked so far. How does your family feel about what you're doing right now and how does it impact them? They love it. They love it. You know, <laughs> my mama, man, used to be able to tell her what I'm doing. She gets so tickled. She's like, girl, you are something else. Or, you know, it's just, it's a joy to talk to my sister, my sisters. They I have two dads. What an honor. An honor. You heard me. Gangster. Did I see Stevenson? Gangster. Gangster. That dude was so... He was a silverback. You heard me. He was a silverback. And he was just as gentle and loving with us. He, he was 6'3". And all the weight to go with it. He pickled us up with like um, King Kong and stuff. And swing up until we was too big. You know, but... And always just as gentle. He let me do his beard and, and shave him, pick the uh, follicles in his be- um, skin and all that, you know. And then my, my biological, I find that nature versus nurture. Oh, 
I didn't, re I thought I was like Steve, like Clint, but I'm so much like Robert Williams. This is crazy. In my socialness and giving, my daddy took care of his family, he had his friends, but you know, I won't say that he was, I've never really seen him go out of his way to do for anybody that he didn't necessarily know, like way of strangers. Um, and, uh, but my, my biological has a, uh, a volunteer spirit as well. He teaches archery and he's a taxidermist too. He was in the military. Then, you know, my, my family, I, I get what I, I think I have so much from them because they do encourage me. They, they feel good about it. Let me just say that they feel good about what I'm doing. They keep me encouraged. They know my purpose for why I chose not to have children. When I tell you, when I early on, my sister came home from the military, I was 18 and I wanted to get on birth control. <laughs> Boy, you should have seen my mom and my sister in the kitchen snicking. I think Nisi's having sex. And I, th I said, mom, I'm not. I think she, and they, they grilling me. What? Why you need an OB appointment? Why you need a GYN appointment? Because I just want to get on birth control. Because you're having sex. I'm not. I didn't have sex for, I don't know, maybe a year or two after I got on birth control. But I wasn't trying to have no kids. If I didn't, I'm still under your roof. So I'm trying to be responsible, mom. And um, they, was, they were just too funny. And so to live today to be uh, 50 years old and um, thank God that, you know, he was that, that 1%. Uh, if you will, because they always say birth control is 99.9%. God is the, really the ultimate 1% that would say, yes, you are pregnant in spite of type of deal. But he never made me make that choice. Made me sweat time or two, <laughs> but he never made me have to be in a position. And I thank him for that because um, as I told my family, I do want to help people and they support me in the efforts that I do in helping children for sure. That is wonderful that you have a very supportive family. And I can tell based off of your story so far that your family has been very instrumental in building the character of the person who you are. And it's a blessing. And then another thing I need to thank you for your service. I, you know, you've referenced a couple of times that, you know, you know, prior service uh, Air Force. My, I completely forgot all about that. <laughs> and uh, But we appreciate your service as well. Benny and I are, are both uh, retired Army uh, or service members as well. Uh, mm. But And let's get on to the next question uh, because uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We appreciate no, your time. Yeah. We fellowshipping. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, what type of music do you listen to to get you motivated, get engaged uh, when you're... Because as a... Uh, a nonprofit or a, a solo business owner or not necessarily solo, but someone that's got to kind of do it all themselves. What type of music do you listen to to get you motivated, get you through the day? DMX. <laughs> DMX, man. He gets me so hype. So oh. hype. Pardon my excitement. I That, you know, because I, I haven't really listened to a lot of music. Um, I ain't going to lie. I be on Joe Osteen like nobody's business because I feel the the need for the peace that he exudes. But yeah, to get me hype, I listen to to DMX. I'll admit it. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's real. You know, um, you're very spiritual in nature and I get a guy for women, but sometimes it's good to hear 
a little secular music to <laughs> get you motivated. Right. It's the patterns, the cadences that kind of you know get your mind flowing and uh, may give you you know open you up to uh, to different views and whatnot. So I definitely agree with that. Look, uh, look, man, Earl Simmons, we should have been, we should have mm-hmm. been. Yeah, I feel him, I, I, and I thank him for his spirituality and the wisdom that he imparted um, when he spoke. Yes. He was intentional, and I hope to grow up to be more intentional. Yes, he definitely was uh, someone that was very intentional. He was one of the first uh, artists that, you know, that the the artists, you know, he generally prayed behind us, you know, behind stage uh, before they would perform. He said his prayer on stage with the crowd. And uh, (laughs) it was recently I saw a video with Jay Z, I guess, when they were uh, or touring together at the time. And he went out there and did, you know, DMX went out there and did his thing and got everybody all motivated and pumped up and hyped up. And then he ended his show with a prayer and everybody was crying. He oh, just put in all these people through all these emotions that JC said, now I got to go on stage. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you know, so, so he did, uh, you know, he had a lot of intent uh, with this. And it was, you know, and he was a, a blessing. You know, it was unfortunate. I uh, know mm-hmm. he had to succumb, but you know, he was a, a blessing, definitely. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, well, let me ask you another question here. Uh, what advice would you give to our listeners that are interested in starting a nonprofit? Um, I would tell them to to be intentional. Be intentional that that's what you want to do because it's not just um something that you would do, you know, for now. The nonprofit is perpetual. It's for it's forever, you know, and so. Be intentional having the members that you um, collect, that they have the same intent for the organization that it can live and continue to do good because good is always going to be needed, always going to be needed. And so just be intentional and know that it's a life's work. And with that being said, and you just you, you hit on something key with a nonprofit. You said it, it can be forever. So, do you actually already have a plan to, like, in a sense, pass it along or uh, put another board member if you decide to, like, all right, it, I, it's too much for me right now. I want to let somebody else take a, you know, take the reins. Do you have that plan set in place? Um, for someone else to take my place. Yes. And, nah, yeah. is you crazy? <laughs> nah, well, the well, reason why I ask because you just said it's a forever thing. So, yeah. you know, I would want your vision to stop at you. You know what I'm saying? You want to keep your it's like part of your legacy. Do you have a plan? Because that's one of the things I always touch on with anyone that comes on the show. What is your plans uh, for growth and where do you see your organization uh, in the future? Things of that nature. And this, this is actually kind of part of that question. Like, okay, well, you've already touched on it. Of saying that, hey, I wanted to continue on after, you know, or forever. So, have you already set up that forever plan? You know, I um, if if it ended, uh, if in my demise, it would probably wash away right now. It would just be a wash. But um, if I live long enough, I do hope to um, garner the um, respect and um, adoration from the community of the organization because it, it, it's it, it's inclusive, um, that that there would be someone that would be 
that would step up. There'll be times to be able to mentor certain peoples along the way. And so I would hope that um, in that time that I could no longer do what I do, that I would have someone there. But I plan in the next, you know, 15 years, 10 years, you know, run this city. I don't know. I just feel like, um, like, so I'm, I'm trying to set my, my, myself and my organization up for success by being uh, an entrepreneur and starting a restaurant so I can have funds to tie them to my organization so that it can live and do the things that it's going to take to garner that respect and the desire of someone to want to, to continue the legacy, you know, so getting um, new board members. I do have two new youthful board members that I, I'm excited about being on board and they, they want to teach and do the same thing. And, and then one young lady, she, her mother was involved in a nonprofit and spelling bees. I am so excited about that. She's like, Oh, the next time tell her to call me. And so, you know, it's, it's, I think um, long-term we're going to be able to, um, to, to get, the buy-in of the community, the peoples, and that it will um, won't be a question as to uh, it it living living on long after me. Okay, well, the reason why I ask because I can see this being so phenomenal for the community because of you know your intent and the who you are and the way you you know your walk right now. Because I would hate to see it stop at you. I and know. <laughs> and uh, I so I was like, because I'm listening to the stories and. You talked about how the young ladies, you know, babies raising babies, things of that nature. Young, our community needs this. And it's so important. I'm, I'm so glad you are guest on our show because a lot of people don't have this conversation. I mean, other than women, I want guys to hear this conversation as well. And we do have gentlemen that, you know, listen to us. They need to hear this as well, you know, because we have, uh, well, we have, you know, kids and hopefully our kids are sharing it with their friends and things of that nature. So, they can hear this message as well because it takes the whole community to, to raise the children and things in, in, in that sense. Yeah. So, but Benny, you had a question. Go right ahead. Yes. Yes. R- Ricky, hey, what you just said, man, spot on, spot on right there. And you've said something else in previous shows that, you know, it, it, it stuck with me. I wrote it down. It's, it's in my notes, having a growth plan. You know, a lot of times we start, programs we start businesses we start organizations and we have a great idea and then you know there there's times where it succeeds beyond our expectation and then there's a there's a potential that we're not even prepared for that level of exposure and uh to be prepared for that helps us in the long run but then that's the beginning and so now you know this particular episode is making me think about the end when you ask that question uh to denise about you know transitioning and you know i think when we talk about culture when we talk about our community when we talk about our culture the passing of the torch you know i read somewhere i think it was uh i think it was john c maxwell's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership and one of them i think it was the law of the legacy and the idea is simply this, to build something that, that, that is going to exist beyond you. 
and this you could be a you could be an entrepreneur you could be you could be um a manager you could be a supervisor with and, and basically the 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 similarities between these different jobs is this you're not guaranteed to always be there and if you are an efficient person you you get stuff done it it's it's a value to what you provide to either the organization or to other people you know so whatever you offer is something of value it it, it serves the greater good when you're no longer there is it someone there capable of carrying that torch for, forward because it's about the greater good and what i think is that you know uh, us doing these type of shows us us talking in depth about things that maybe people may take for granted maybe people think oh well, i already know this i already got this um maybe you don't maybe 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 you you should give a moment to consider how am I passing this on to somebody else? Does do they know the vision? Do they know the motivation? Do is their heart in the right place? Do they do they truly understand what this is all about? Because it's not about the ego. It's 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 the opposite of that. It's about the greater good, you know. And and I know for a fact Denise operates in the greater good. I know her heart is constantly about making sure, uh, especially the kids, her love for the children is, is, is right there. You know, with the spelling bee, she brought it up. I enjoy doing that. You know, I, I, I felt, I felt good after doing it. I felt proud about doing it. Every time I've, I've participated in the things that Denise has done, I walked away feeling proud of even participating. And so with that being said, how can how can you be multiplied, Denise is the question. How can you what what you offer, what you provide to your community, to 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 your city, to to your state, to your culture, what can we learn from you that can be replicated? You know, because that's that's the greater good right there. Honestly, man, you hit on something really important because as she's talking, I'm sitting there thinking like, why isn't this a nationwide program? This needs to be everywhere other than this Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Every yeah. community needs to have this. Yeah. But this is where it's starting. This is where it starts, you know, and 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 maybe, you know, hopefully, Denise, with you coming on this show, maybe somebody hearing this is able to to come along and provide you know the help necessary to elevate this to that next level to help you know take it from just being local to being nationwide because you know it is needed it's constantly needed it, it has historically been needed for people to be able to pass that torch along to to care about our development because that's what first quarter is about it's it's about development of our youth i don't know necessarily what really can be learned um from me that could be replicated other than what's already being done i'm not necessarily doing anything new i'm just doing it my way um i just 
I think that people can take it for face value that our kids are really what it's about. If we don't train them up in the way that they should go, we're not trying to tell them. We're just trying to give them exposure and experiences that can help them to develop to develop their own skills and talents and, and figure out what it is that they want to do. But they got to start learning about that now because to learn about it at 24, 25 for some young men, that's dangerous. <laughs> that, that, that's a dangerous time to start trying to figure it out because you probably already got a baby, the pressure's on, and um, you're dealing with your peers who probably ain't up to no good either. And when you get frustrated and trying to figure it out then because you should have done it by now, they're almost 30, you're still at home. Those kinds of things frustrates anyone. And these days, young men that don't may necessarily know how to deal with their frustrations, they, 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 they get dangerous. They get dangerous um, to themselves and to one another. I, I think it's important that we, we do focus on um, uh, ensuring that we don't forget those basics that we are supposed to teach the children, not the children teaching us, because that's what it's turning around to them telling us what they're going to do. Oh, no, 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 no. This is how a good order, a society disciplined in good order behaves. What you're trying to do is kill babies that, and you don't even know you're killing them. You, you're trying to, to, to blast the party when who you want ain't even at the party. You know, so we can't allow that kind, those kinds of behaviors. So we have to start getting, getting them out of uh, uh, that mindset and focused on what did um, the Lord instill in you? What kind of talents do you have that you could be a productive um, member of society and happy doing the desires of your heart, not following, um, following the, the, the wrong paths, if you will. And so, to, to learn from me is just keep doing what everybody else has been doing that do that does have a desire, you know, to to serve the greater good and focus. You know, we have nonprofits all over the community, many of them, you know, and I just say support them, support them and come out and be volunteers for the events. It takes a village. So the more adults, the better, you know, so you, you, you got eyes. We need that old chaperone um, spirit in the group you don't gotta um oftentimes just uh donate money come out and be a part of the event that 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 work that's worth a, a lot too so that you can see how it's done and what's being done and help to improve upon it but yeah the um then you say you're talking to you're talking about you I'm talking about you being frustrated and not developing what you wanted to early enough well um i would say you know, getting getting later in age and 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 realizing, man, I got some growing up to do. I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not the man that I thought I was, you know, and that's a hard that's a hard realization. You know what I mean? So you're in your 20s, you know, because you said it, you, you, you reach your mid 20s and and some of us 30s. And, and you feel like, or you realize, and let me say it like this, you realize that you're not behaving as the adult you should be behaving as. You're still behaving as a, as a child. So your age has gotten older, but your mentality has not. And, you know, 
that that's hard to see within yourself. But I will tell you this, you need to see it first before you can grow. Because if you aren't willing to recognize the areas that you are deficient in, if you aren't really willing to recognize the areas that you need to improve upon, those areas will stagnate. And those areas, you know, you, 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 can, you can be delusional to yourself, but when important values, when, when important ethics, when, when, when important characteristics are not developed effectively, the whole world sees it. Because you, you, you're behaving in a way that a child behaves. And so why is that? How do you, how do you go about even addressing that? First, you got to realize it's a problem. And then you have, to, you have to search out the resources to help work on that. Now, the area that we're talking about right now, a lot of this is, is about developing your foundation and and a person's foundation is their values period because values determine dictate your behavior what you believe in what your ethics lie in will determine how you're going to act out in the world and so um bringing it back to how do we create a system passing the torch pat the the torch the, 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 the action of passing on a torch is going to be based upon the foundations of values. The values will determine that because it's going to be the values that we teach to the next generation. And that is the process of passing on it. And this is my belief. I believe that that's how you pass on the torch. What are the core values here? What And how are these core values related to um, society serving the greater good? Because these values that we've identified they when when acted upon in a productive manner will exhibit themselves in reality and so um and th- and this is why we can't just let children raise themselves it's important that you know we teach other values to our kids other than just going to work other than just making money other than just looking good other than you know anything that's superficial you know, it's, it's it, and whatever that is, you know, in your life, and I'm not passing judgment on anybody here. I, well, I guess I kind of am because it's kind of hard not to determine a value without passing a judgment over what's a better value than another value for yourself. You So the idea of having to pass judgment, I'm sorry, it's inherent in, in what we have to do here. You You have to make a judgment of what's right and what's wrong. And then, you know, move from there. But this doesn't have to be something that you you attack other people about. This is something that you are determining what's right and wrong within your own heart and then determining the vision and the direction that you're going to be headed in as an individual. And and I think when when we operate in that manner, we're going to see that it's a lot of other people, regardless of whether whatever race whatever ethnicity that they're from, they're probably going to have a lot of the similar values that we have. And that's a, that's an opportunity to bring people together and not tear people apart. But again, that's a journey all in itself.
So I know I said a lot there, but kind of kind of went that way. <laughs> no, that's fine. We appreciate your input. That's definitely uh, something uh, our viewers, or excuse me, our listeners would definitely can uh, take with um, the information and process it to to fit their lives, or maybe even help someone else out. Um, well, let me get back to the question because again, we don't want to take too much of Denise's time. Uh, you've actually touched on some of the questions I was going to ask. Um, but the next question is because I wholeheartedly agree what you're doing, what you're doing and uh, what you have to offer to the community. How can our listeners get in contact with you for your products and services? Denise. Yeah, um, well, I would say you can go to our website. Um, first quarter, um, the, the initials of the organization fqcsi.org or you can email me at fqcsi25 at gmail.com and we will respond to you as quickly as possible. My phone number is 225-205-0835. I'd be happy to take your um your calls, your questions. Um, if you have a volunteer spirit. We are looking for folks to volunteer with us. Uh, recently, uh, we're getting involved in some agriculture or um, 4-H development with the Baker School Systems, kind of helping to beautify the campuses for the elementary schools and the magnet schools, um, doing a little gardening. So if you're parents that like to garden, please get with Superintendent um, Perry and um, see how you can assist with the um, the school's program to help them to learn about um, agriculture and how to put food on the table um, other than just going to the grocery store. So we have uh, a few volunteer opportunities coming up also with the Spelling Bee um, in the fall. So if you're interested in being a part of that program, please give us a call. Again, I'm a num- my number is 225-205-0835 directly. Or you can email me at fqcsi25 at gmail.com. Thank you uh, for that information. Uh, Everyone, you heard what she had to say. Um, Please, if you're in the Baton Rouge area, this is a great program to help the community grow and heal. Uh, Please help this woman uh, to achieve what she's trying to achieve uh, for the greater good. And as a summation of what we've talked about, you know, she's, you know, she saw self-growth. Um, she saw the importance of community and helping raise our young men and women to a, a higher standard. Uh, some of the information that Benny added as well. Uh, this is definitely a great episode. Denise, I greatly appreciate you for showing up and helping us out uh, and providing us with this information. And we definitely would love to have you back on again and to continue to spread uh, your word throughout the community. Hey, thank you, Ricky Smith. And Ben Stye, I appreciate you guys thinking of me. I do want to say also, if you'd like to volunteer, please do contact me. If you would like to donate, you can cash out our organization at dollar sign first QTR. And um, we also take donations at Chase uh, Banks around the area first quarter community squadron um, and we appreciate uh, any 
volunteers or any donations that you may give. Thank you again, um, Ricky Smith and, and Benny Stein for the opportunity to, to come on. I really do appreciate the platform that you're presenting for, for, for business owners and folks that have a mission to get out into the world and do this, the better good and serve the better good. Thank you. You're very welcome. And Benny, uh, you can go ahead and take us on out. Everyone, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.